What I quickly sort of started to realise was that, yes, the role of copywriters is going to change. And for me, the conversations I've been having with my clients who are asking about copy, it's now a case of rather than me being their copywriter, I have now become their editor. And I think the beauty in that for the client is that you are reducing the amount of time that it takes to produce the content. You are reducing the cost, but you are ultimately still getting that professional final eye. Today on Strategy Shorts, I'm joined by a local hero, Hannah Brady. Hannah is the director of the Brady Creative. I think I've got that right. Yes. So Hannah, go ahead and introduce yourself and what you're doing in the world. Well, I've never been called a local hero before, so I'll take that. I'll just let the team know about that when I come out of the room. Um, yeah, so the Brady Creative is nearly four years old. Um, I founded the business with my mum, Helen, uh, back in March 2020, of all times. So, like, walked right into the fire of a pandemic, um, left a steady job, you know, just just epically bad timing, we thought, at the time. I probably had a week of pure panic and crying a lot. Unfortunately, because I did it with my mum and I've got the kind of relationship with my mum where if mum says it's going to be okay, I believe her and I go, okay, mum says it's going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Um, and then, yeah, after a week of panic, just sort of like pulled myself up, got on with it and just said, right, you just got to get on with it. You're good at what you do. You're good at talking to people. Um, and it's just a phase of just help as many people as you can at the minute. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about just build a reputation for, for being helpful and knowing knowing your stuff when it comes to marketing. So yeah, that was nearly four years ago. Um, but we're, we're what I like to coin as a strategy first agency. So in marketing, you tend to get agencies who focus purely on like the real high creative stuff and making things look beautiful, sound beautiful, feel beautiful. And then you've got agencies that over, over the years are focused more on like the technical side of things. So like SEO, um, web building, all that sort of stuff. And we, we try and sit in the middle. So we always lead with strategy and make sure that there is actually like a strategic plan in place. But then once that process has been fulfilled, we can help with content creation, copywriting, which we're going to talk about a little bit, um, web design and those sorts of things. So it's, um, I wouldn't quite call us a full service agency, but we're, we're focused heavily on strategy, day-to-day -day marketing content, and then your brand as well. Yeah, it sounds like you guys are giving a lot of the theory and the structure behind why certain marketing practices are important, which actually leaves your clients more empowered to then take things on for themselves. Yeah. yeah. And, and I guess with lots of agencies, the business model really is about building dependency. Mm. But what I like about your approach and what I think you're saying is that actually you want to do some more enabling and some more empowerment. Yeah. And so there's a you've got a better relationship therefore with your clients it feels more fruitful it feels more authentic yeah I kind of how it's coming across yeah to yeah absolutely the way it's built they sort of have a plan that if they wanted to they could there's always like a three-month plan at the end of a strategy for them so they could take we always say you can go and run with this and have a go at executing it yourselves and if you need any help you know where we are and inevitably they do still need some ongoing help but um there is a life cycle to that and eventually if we've done the right job they'll go off and run it themselves and they'll have learned a lot in the process. So, you know, when my, my idea of us doing a good job is when a client doesn't stay with us like forever, 
Yeah, I think that's a, a great way of doing business. Now, the reason why I called you a local hero is because you and I met over coffee and pastries at a, at a networking event run by the BIPC here in Northamptonshire, where you were speaking about AI and the role of AI in copywriting and how that can be a focus and an opportunity for liberation. And I think we're going to circle back to that shortly and talk a little bit more about that in detail. But before we get there, I'm really interested in this story of your, you and your mum starting your business. And I'd mm-hmm. like to know, where did you guys start? Because at some point you weren't working together. At some point it was yeah. just mother-daughter time. And you eventually, I guess, reached this crossover point in your careers and you thought, mm-hmm. let's do a thing. So what were you doing before and how did that idea first begin to take shape? Yeah, sure. I'll try and give you a, a, a brief and succinct um version of the story so I'll start with mum so mum's name's Helen um and mum's trade is graphic design that's what she trained and she actually did like technical illustration and she's always been extremely like physically creative I would say so beautiful at drawing great graphic designer Um, and then over her the course of her career she worked in agency side but then she eventually got a role for a big um a large international agricultural company and Essentially, what she did is worked her way up and ended up becoming head of creative services for Europe, the Middle East and Africa. So she had a huge role. Um, She worked predominantly on a brand called Massey Ferguson, which for anyone out there who knows agriculture are like the English red tractors. And um, yeah, unfortunately, a few years ago, my mum and her whole team got made redundant because they moved that function to France. So um, after 18 years in the business, she was she'd been made redundant. So quite a big personal hit for my mum a bit like me a lot of my mum's identity is who she is and what she does for work um so she ended up actually consulting for the the company for a short while but she wasn't enjoying working on her own and on my side of the story I I went to uni did a degree in marketing and then I after a series of terrible cold calling jobs which I was awful at Um, good character building though. I ended up working internally as a marketer. So I started right at the bottom, you know, assistant marketer, junior marketer and worked my way up to head of UK marketing for the last couple of businesses that I worked for, one of which was an international furniture manufacturer. So um, that's a very sort of whistle-stop tour. But I'd got to the point where, in all honesty, I was so frustrated of being an internal marketer because fellow marketers out there who work internally for companies you are quite often just like banging your head against a brick wall going come on we need to try this let's modernize this let's join everyone in 2024 why don't we do this and it's often met with not saying all all organizations but a lot of the time it's met with resistance you know oh we haven't done that before or how much is that going to cost and what's the return on investment and all of these questions that are holding you back from moving things forward. And I just got so frustrated that I got to the point where I was like, I want to work with people who actually want to develop their marketing. I don't want to be banging my head against a brick wall anymore. So I could see that mum was frustrated and wasn't enjoying working on her own. And I'd been thinking about starting something myself for quite a while. And it just dawned on me that mum is excellent at the things I'm not naturally skilled at. And I'm good at the things that mum's not so naturally skilled at. So we make a very good team. Um, and then, yeah, I just suggested it. And initially mum was like, no, what if we fall out? And what if it's a disaster and all of those things? And then I just pushed a bit more and, um, yeah. And then we got to it, started working on the brand, um, 
it was in the pipeline for about a year before we actually launched the business and then obviously the pandemic hit so like I say we picked epic timing but that's a very whistle-stop tour of how how we got here yeah well I know that you guys have got a podcast coming soon and there's been some big changes in the business over the last 18 months or so new website new offices that kind of thing so it sounds like you're on a really really good road so kudos to you and your mum I can't imagine what it would be like if I were to start a business with my mum, you know, maybe like <laughs> a craft YouTube channel or something like that. But, that sounds uh, amazing. Do it. <laughs> let me just say that we are, I, I don't necessarily think our skills are that compatible in terms of starting a business. Yeah. I wish they were because it would be a hoot. But thinking of the future and thinking of making progress, as I said, when I met you, you were speaking about AI and copywriting and some of the benefits that can bring and how that's not always a thing that is a threat and I know you've got a few insights to share with mm. our audience around that today but before we talk about that who really is your your target listener like who are the people that you're trying to reach or inspire with these insights and perspectives you want to share yeah good question I think for me it's um it's two audiences really I think one is copywriters out there who are struggling to get their head around how AI impacts them and how they're going to continue to still make a good living, particularly freelance copywriters who are just writing copy for a living. Um, and then the second group would be people who are either internally working for organizations in marketing and have been tasked with copy, but they're not copywriters and they don't really know where to start. Or people who are running really small businesses and are having to do everything, one of the things being copy so I think anybody who's being tasked with copy but doesn't really know where to start and know what they're doing and then copywriters who are struggling to come to terms with this evolution in their craft okay that sounds really really interesting and I know that lots of people are going to feel supported are going to find some new direction are going to have some of the ways they think about the AI world at the moment challenged so why don't you dive in and take us through it and I'll jump in if I've got any questions yeah sure um, so I think for me, when, you know, a year or so ago when AI really started to ramp up and people were talking about it and people were saying we're all out of jobs, you know, copywriters and journalists and all these people who have copy as a main part in their role, a main function in their role are really going to struggle. I obviously jumped on and started using as many of them as I could, just testing them, seeing what it was like. So as an example, the kind of things I would typically have to write are social media posts, um, blog articles, press releases, web copy, um, copy that's designed specifically to ramp up people's SEO on their website, things like that. Um, and what I quickly sort of started to realize was that, yes, the role of copywriters is going to change over the course of the next however many years. And for me, the conversations I've been having with my clients who are asking about copy, it's now a case of rather than me being their copywriter, I have now become their editor. So what I'm advising my clients to do now, particularly with the longer form content, is use AI, use an AI tool and ask it to generate you a, let's say, 500 word blog or a series of 500 word blogs, depending on what you're doing. And then historically, what those people would have done is they would have asked me to write those blogs. So they'd have maybe needed a full day of me to write four blogs or three blogs. Whereas now, if they can use AI to generate them, they actually only need potentially an hour or two of my time to edit. And 
I think the beauty in that for the client is that you are reducing the amount of time that it takes to produce the content. You are reducing the cost of producing the content, but you are ultimately still getting that professional final eye and you're getting that level of professional quality looking at it going, is the tone right for your brand? Does it sound like it's just been, you know, is it completely fraudulent and just copied from the internet? You know, you've got that professional eye to look at things. And I think from a, from a copywriter's perspective, you're pivoting and yes, whilst you're going to have to do, you know, more work, it doesn't mean you necessarily have to charge lesser rates. You know, editing is a real skill. So it's really about how you position yourself to your clients. And I just think that you'll still have clients that are too afraid to even look at AI and they'll still want you to write the content. But for those who are exploring it and trying to streamline things in their business, I think it's just about pivoting yourself and making sure that they still see you as a very valuable asset to making sure they get that high quality final output because we're still not at a point yet where AI can write like a human being um, in my opinion there's just it never generates anything that I don't want to heavily edit so I think we're, we're a little way off yet so I think you've got to pivot with the times and actually try and make it work for you um, but yeah that's my that's my general mantra on it is see me as your editor now not just your copywriter you know, I think there's two sides to this really, isn't there? There's the person who is selling freelance services or agencies who are selling services and copywriting and trying to find a way to show their audience or their consumers that they're riding the wave with them in terms mm. of AI and saying, look, we get this new system. So you can actually, that's a way of establishing greater trust because you're on the cutting edge. You're saying, look, we are going with the trend. So use us as your trusted AI pilot, as it were, because we can safeguard and we can bring that fine, detailed human lens to what you need to get done. Yeah. And we can do it faster for you. So I think there's a really good way of positioning yourself as a copywriter or an agency in that space. But I guess the flip side of that is if you're somebody who is worried about writing copy, I remember the turn of phrase, you talked about copy phobia when we first met. And I think that's just so real for a lot of people. It's the fear yeah. of things taking a long time. So you never get started because you'll always find something to procrastinate with rather than jumping in. And I guess this is a great way to overcome that first hurdle and overcome the procrastination because it's easier to build on something, right? Any thoughts around that kind of copy phobia piece? Yeah, I think the way, again, the brilliance of AI for me is if you... um let's take like writer's block and that like blank piece of paper. Like when, when you go, right, I'm going to write a blog today and you then immediately can't think of a title. And if you're not a copywriter, you won't have processes in your head to help you. You'll just sit and stare at the blank piece of paper forever. Um, so for me, I think where AI can really come into play there is AI is great for like ideation. So if you were to type into AI, let's say I'm writing a blog about the benefits of vegetarianism on the planet. That's a conversation we've been having in the office recently. Um, but I had no idea where to start. Initially, I could put prompts into AI that would give me good headlines potentially or a good structure for the blog or some research that it's referenced. And it would just start to give me some ideas. It's, it's like a place to start your research. And I think if without tools like AI, lots of people who don't understand the process of writing copy just wouldn't even know where to start. And they'd end up scrolling through the internet and looking at different sources, where, whereas AI tools are generally pulling 
all of the resources from the internet together to give you the best results. Um, there is a variance in quality, but um, that's a conversation maybe for another day. But I think use it for ideation, um, use it for headlines. There's also some great tools out there. Like if you really don't know where to start with AI, there's some great videos on YouTube just to give you tips on how to actually prompt it because you know what they say, garbage in, garbage out. So you have to get good at prompting the tool as well. You're only going to get as good as you give it. So um, I think for me, it's just getting started and having a go because just by typing prompts in and seeing what comes back, you'll Im- it will immediately help. That's it. And I actually think there is probably a really good episode to return to on that at some point, maybe another time where we can think about some of the best prompts that you've used or some of your mm-hmm. strategies around that as a way to kind of take this to the next level. Yeah, yeah. I think what lots of people will find is just real relief. You know, that the blinking cursor when you're trying to write something, just flashing at you, mocking you, telling you that it can't be done. Yeah. You know, that's the thing that this is a really useful approach to overcome. And I think what you said there about rather than thinking about it as writing an article or or giving you large chunks of copy, ask it what the headlines should be Mm -hmm. because chat GPT and these services you know, they're scaring so much information. Their brains are so big from a tactical perspective yeah. that actually saying what would be some good headlines for X topic is just going to get you off that starting mark. It's going to give you a few ideas to work with and build from. Yeah. And then that will give you further prompts to explore, right? Yeah, absolutely. So just coming into land, because we're, we're about done for our, our time together, and which is a shame because I think we could really, really deep dive on a lot of these yeah. kind of tangents that we're exploring. And you may have already covered this, actually, but, you know, we love to land on something really practical for people to take away and try. So what would be the first thing that you would recommend people do when this episode's finished to try and move forward within the subject? Okay, so I think for people, for the audience that are listening that are struggling with copy and maybe don't have the budget to use a copywriter, but have been tasked with the copy for their business or um, the organization they work for, my first piece of advice would be do a bit of research on the different tools that are available because there are so many for copy. I've tested a few. Um, my current preference is actually Bard. Um, so other AI is available. Um, but do your do your research, test them, do some of the free trials and see which work for you because everybody's different. Everybody likes different interfaces. Like I said, go onto YouTube and actually look up some of the videos around how to prompt AI. Um, I can share a few links with you, Dan, if it's helpful of, of clips I've watched in the past to help me. Um, and yeah, just do a bit of research on it before you just like dive in and start using it. Because if you don't have that copywriting background, you sort of won't know if you're getting good quality out. Um, so do your research first and then just give a few of them a go and see, see how you find it. I think you've just got to jump in. And then I think for copywriters, um, I think it's really about just taking a look at your, if you're a freelance copywriter, taking a look at your business and thinking about how you can pivot and how you can start to be seen more as an editor for those who maybe don't need you to start from the off and from that blank sheet of paper. And also maybe look at other ways you can help people like giving people advice on how to use AI. You could do training sessions on it, you know, just think about all of the ways that actually you can help by giving your knowledge to people. There are lots of ways you can do that. It's just about open in your mind yeah i think it's so important for people to see this as an opportunity and not a threat yeah. and i think being willing to dwell on how you could pivot just spend some time imagining what you could do differently or how you could leverage this opportunity 
just create space for it to become a good idea. And hopefully you'll see that opportunity. What I love about this conversation is that we are just, like I said, we are skirting on the fringe of some really, really interesting future episodes. So I do hope that you'll be able to, to come and join me for one of those. You mentioned some links to some videos and things you can watch to get started. I will include those for anyone listening or watching in the show notes to go and check those out. But Hannah, it's been so awesome spending a bit of time with you this afternoon. Thank you for making some time for the show and let's speak again soon. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Dan.